good morning, Good Shepherd. I hope you all are doing well. I'm uh, I'm having a, a little bit of a, a challenge with facing uh, this uh, camera week after week. Uh, you know, I used to really look forward to Sunday morning and and preaching, and now I'm kind of kind of anxious, a little bit nervous because you see, I have to watch myself preach now. And after watching myself preach, I think, well, who in the world would want to watch this? So I hope you're doing a little better than I am. And uh, we are also just want to remind you that we're going to try. We've been trying to last week to have a brief time of study and prayer on Wednesday night, Facebook Live at 7 o'clock. If you can join us then, we would love to, to have you. Well, we're continuing our study in the book of Revelation. And today we're going to be in chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Just six verses that we have to consider today. And we're going to be talking about the church of the living dead. We want to begin by reading our text and getting the picture of this church in our mind as Jesus describes or he speaks to this particular church. So, Revelation chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, and that will be on your screen. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you're alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which were about to die. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. So remember what you have received and heard, and keep it, and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, And I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And this is the word of God. Let's pause for a moment and just ask God's blessing on his word. Our Father, we thank you that you have preserved this word for us for today, for its warnings and for its encouragements, we are grateful. And and today we, we come before you, we ask you that your Holy Spirit might oversee all that is said and even all that is heard today. I pray that you would indeed give encouragement to your people. And I pray, Father, that you would call to yourself those who have never come to the place of trusting you fully with their lives, have never been regenerated and become a new creature in Christ. And so, Father, we give you this time in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. The risen Christ walks among his churches. This is one of the things that we've seen as we've looked at the book of Revelation. Jesus walks among his churches, and as he walks among the members of the church at Sardis, 
Jesus examines them. And what he sees is something that is not very pleasing to him. And he gives them a, a, diagnos- a diagnosis of their condition. He gives them a remedy for their condition. And he also gives them a prognosis about what the future may hold. And so uh, that's what we want to begin with. First of all, we want to consider the diagnosis. What is Jesus' diagnosis of the church at Sardis? He says, you are dead. Look again at verse 1. He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are not, but you are dead. You know, the vast distances of interstellar space are unimaginably great. So great that astronomers have have had had have had to come up with a another unit of measurement, uh, the light year, and a light year or a one light year equals the distance that light travels at 186,000 miles per second in one year. That's over six trillion miles. And one astronomer presented an interesting scenario. He said that. If a star 30 light years from Earth were to, had burned out five years ago, that we wouldn't be able to tell by looking at that star for another 25 years. You see, though it no, was no longer in existence, the light from that star would continue to shine for 25 years as if nothing had changed. You know, the church at Sardis was like that. It it had a reputation that it was alive, but Jesus says that it was dead. This was a church that was shining with a light that had been generated in in past generations years ago. But looking at this church from a distance, you might conclude that nothing was changed, that everything was great. But as the risen Lord walks through this church, He says, no, things are not so good. In fact, you are dead. You're you're like the fig tree in Jesus' parable in Matthew 21. You know, you, you have leaves, you have the appearance of life, but you don't produce any fruit. And as Paul would put it, they have a form of godliness, but they don't have the power. And it had a reputation for being alive, but it was not actually alive. Now, Hollywood has given us a name for people like that. They call them zombies, you know, the living dead, uh, corpses that are alive, that walk about as though they're living, but they're really dead. In the old days of Hollywood, zombies were portrayed as dead bodies that were animated by spirits or demons. Uh, you might look at it like this. We've all, this should be pretty familiar. We People have been wearing gloves. And, but you can look at it like this. The hand is what has, provides the structure and the life. The glove is kind of like the body. The hand is like the spirit. And the spirit inside the glove animates that glove so that this glove reflects what's going on in the hand on the inside. 
And you see, uh, in Hollywood, as they would put it, uh, the, the, the body, the dead body, is animated by a spirit or a demon. Today, in, in the more modern movies, they, they present zombies as being live bodies that are inhabited or animated by a virus or bacterium. And if you think about it, that's very interesting because in the New Testament, unregenerate people are pictured as having a natural body, but that is animated by a fleshly human spirit, a sinful spirit, if you will. But a regenerate person in the, in the Bible is pictured as a, as a, uh, spirit that has been crucified, has gone to the cross, and now is animated, that body is animated by the Holy Spirit. So, Sardis was a church of the living dead. It was filled with spiritual zombies. They were unregenerate people who were walking about in natural bodies that were animated by fleshly desires and were, but were still influenced by their religious past. They were not people who had come to the cross, had yielded up their, their wills, their desires to Christ, and now were animated by the Holy Spirit. They were zombies. You know, in, in many ways, you might look at it, it's kind of like America. You know, America is a post-Christian nation. But as you look around our world, there are still a lot of forms of Christianity remaining. They're empty. They're powerless. They, they really have, don't have the meaning that they once did. But there, there's still that past, that past influence that still have, remains. And you might think in some ways that Christian, that America is a Christian nation, but the reality, it's a post-Christian nation. Of course, this all raises a lot of questions. You know, what does that look like for a church? I mean, what is a, what is a, what is a dead church? look like? What does it mean to be dead? What causes a church to die? How can a church look alive but actually be dead? And how can a church that's dead come to life? Well, those are important questions. And they're questions that we need to know the answer to because we don't want these things to happen to us. So let's ask this question. What does it mean to be spiritually dead? Well, again, in the New Testament, the church is likened to the human body. Uh, in fact, the, the church is called the body of Christ. And Paul says that in the same way that a body has many parts that function together, th- the church also has many parts that function in unity. So from a physical standpoint, when someone is pronounced dead, what happens? Well, all the physical functions of the body cease because the spirit has left the body. And a body without the spirit is dead. And so is a church. A church without the spirit of God is dead. A church without the spirit of God is existing by its own power, according to its own self-reliance and its own resources. And you see, that's why Jesus introduces himself to the church at Sardis the way that he does. 
He says in verse 1, the last part of that, he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this. He introduces himself as one who has the seven spirits of God because the spirit of God is exactly what this church most needed. And the descriptions of Jesus, you may remember, are all drawn from chapter 1, uh, verses uh, 12 through 17. They picture the risen Christ. In this letter, there's an additional component that's drawn from verse 4, where we first see the phrase, seven spirits. And the phrase, the seven spirits of God, takes us back to the Old Testament, to Zechariah chapter 4, where the Holy Spirit is pictured as a lampstand with seven lamps. Now, picture in your mind a menorah, what we call a menorah, seven lamps on one stand. And and there, Zechariah had a vision, and he sees a, a golden menorah. That is, again, a lampstand with, with seven lamps. And in the center of that lamp is a bowl full of oil, which the lamps burn. And each of the seven uh, spouts that come up from the menorah, they are spouts that go into the oil. And so it provides a constant uh, supply of oil to these lamps so that they can burn continuously. And there were also in this vision two olive trees. One was on the right and one was on the left. And this is a picture of the fact that oil, all the oil that is ever needed, is continually supplied. And when Zechariah sees this, he asks the angel in Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 4. He says, what are these, my Lord? And the angel who was talking with me answered and said to me, Do you know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. And then he said to me, Well, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In other words, this symbolically pictures what the Lord said to Zerubbabel when he was faced with the humanly impossible task of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem after the exiles returned from the Babylonian captivity. Zerubbabel says, what you're asking me to do is impossible. I can't do it. And God says to him, Zerubbabel, I'm not asking you to do this in your own strength or in your own might or power, but my spirit is going to accomplish this. And so, in the same way that each of us or each of the seven lamps continually uh, burned with an unending flow of oil, you see the Holy Spirit continually supplies all the power that is necessary for the seven churches. The number seven, you may remember, it's the number of fullness. It's the number of completion. And the seven spirits of God, see, is a graphic way of speaking of the fullness of the Spirit. And Jesus Christ represents uh, himself in his church through his Holy Spirit. So everything that is accomplished in the church is, and everything that is accomplished for the kingdom of God is accomplished by the power 
of the Holy Spirit, not by human effort. So in Sardis, the Spirit was gone. Most of the church was unregenerate. And as a result, everything that they were trying to do, they were doing in the power of the flesh. And that's what it means when it says that they had a name or a reputation that they were alive. You see, they were doing things that did not require the power of the Holy Spirit. When you, when you think of a, of a dead church, you know, you may think of a, a small church that has grown, grown so small that, you know, there are not very many people coming that they just have to close the doors. Well, that's one, that's one 